Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to dive into what does it mean to guard your personal intimate walk with Jesus Christ. We don't hear this talked about a lot in modern Christian circles, but scripture actually has a lot to say about the secret place, meeting God in the secret place and holding certain things sacred and intimate between you and the Lord. If you've followed my love story with Eric and read some of our books, you may remember the story of how God provided a ring when Eric wanted to propose to me, but he didn't have a lot of money to buy an engagement ring, or I should rephrase that, he didn't have any money to buy an engagement ring, and he was asking God for provision. And one day he was getting ready early in the morning and went to get something out of his coat pocket and reached in and pulled out a huge wad of $100 bills. And there was a note on the bills that said, he is Jehovah Jireh, which means God will provide. And there was a picture of a ring. Somebody anonymously gave a very large gift so that Eric could buy me an engagement ring. And what an amazing testimony of God's faithfulness that was. And still over 25 years later, we do not know who our secret benefactor was. That person wanted to give in secret. And it reminds me so much of that scripture in Matthew when Jesus says, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret. Scripture, like I said, has so much to say about keeping secrets and meeting God in the secret place. There are verses about giving in secret, praying in secret, meeting God in secret, and guarding secrets that are are entrusted to us. And again, I feel like this is a neglected topic in the body of Christ today, but let's look at just a few scriptural examples of secret keeping. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Isn't that interesting with all of the media and blogs and Facebook and everything is about sharing, even in Christian circles, there's there's this encouragement to share anything and everything that we're learning spiritually and to be very free with sharing what God is personally doing in our lives. And while that can sometimes be good, God also says that there is a time to meet him in the secret place and keep certain things between us and the Lord alone. And in Proverbs 25, 9, it says, debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another. So again, here's a situation where you may be in a debate with someone or a disagreement with someone working through something with someone in your life. And the Bible's actually saying, don't just go broadcast that to everyone in your life. Keep it secret. Keep it hidden. In Matthew 6, 18, Jesus says, do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So here's an example of fasting and praying and doing that in secret. In Proverbs 21, 14, it says a gift in secret pacifies anger. And then in Psalm 91, 1, it says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high will abide under the shadow of the almighty. Isn't that amazing how often scripture mentions keeping secrets and guarding secret things? Even Jesus kept secrets and he charged others others to do so. On different occasions, he commanded his disciples not to tell others that he was the Christ after they saw things that convinced them that he was. When he healed various people, he actually told them not to tell anyone what had happened. And yet, even though scripture is filled with exhortations towards being guarded and keeping certain things private, 
Being guarded is not popular today, and as I said, even in Christian circles, this is an aspect of our walk with Christ that is very often overlooked. I feel that it is often seen as more healthy and right to share everything, to be open about everything, and never keep anything to yourself. And like I said, social media has made it easier than ever than in any other generation to share our secrets and our private things that we're walking through with the entire world. If we have a gripe against someone, we can just post it on Facebook and usually we'll be applauded with positive comments like, thank you for your honesty, thank you for being real. Or if we're maybe going through a personal struggle, the tendency is to just blog all about it and let people comment on how much they can relate to our struggle. Or if we have dreams and desires and hopes for the future, the the trend is to post them on Pinterest or Instagram for everyone to see and copy themselves. And even being a mom these days, I've noticed, has become oftentimes more of a public journey than a private one. I remember the days when my mom was raising us children and she she would do amazing things for us. She would throw these elaborate birthday parties and make these incredible costumes for different things we had to go to. But she didn't have the option of taking a picture and posting them on Instagram. She just did it for her own family. And not that it's always wrong to post the things that you're doing on Instagram, but so often I've seen moms who are raising young children fall into the notion that unless they are constantly posting and blogging about their kids and their home life, that their motherhood role isn't really as valid as those moms who are doing that. So in a world where being raw and real and open and honest is esteemed as a refreshing and wonderful virtue, being guarded and discreet in any area of our lives can seem awkward and even unspiritual. And like I said, sharing personal things with others is not always wrong, but I believe that so many of us have lost something precious that God intended us to experience, the intimacy of communing with God alone in the secret place as Jesus described it. So let's look at what it means to return to that secret place of guardedness and intimacy in our walk with Christ. This past year, I've walked through a really intense personal trial, and there are times when I've felt alone and isolated because I haven't been able to really share it with anyone or process it with anyone who could relate to it outside of Eric, who's been walking through the same struggle with me. And there are times when I've been just frustrated that even if I wanted to share, there are a lot of details that can't be shared publicly. And even if I wanted to, I don't really know anyone who's ever walked through anything like this. But a few months ago, I stumbled across a few lines in one of Amy Carmichael's books that really comforted me. She wrote about a private personal struggle and said, I am dispirited. I cannot speak to anyone of the cause. It is private. And God's answer to her was, I heard thee in the secret place of the storm, in the secret place among the unspoken things, there I am. And that really served as a reminder to me what an incredible joy and privilege and blessing it is to meet God in the secret place, that private place in the soul where only he can comfort and only he can understand. And even when no one else in the world seems to be able to offer anything that can really help, he knows, he understands, he hears, and he meets us there in that private, intimate place of fellowship with him. We need to remember that he is the all-sufficient one, and he is the God of all comfort. His help is far superior than the help of men, as it says in Psalm 108. When I feel alone, when my struggles are too private to share with others, he is waiting to meet me in the secret place. 
I once heard Elizabeth Elliot share an example of a woman who was living with constant physical pain, and she began to study these scriptures about the secret place and being alone with God in secret and keeping certain things hidden in private, and she decided to apply that to her situation. And so instead of broadcasting the pain that she was walking through, she chose to keep it between herself and the Lord, and she began to just turn outward and be as giving and positive and smiling towards other people as she could. And most people would never have guessed that she was struggling with constant physical pain. And it was a huge blessing to lean only on the Lord for her strength instead of constantly feeling like she needed to tell everybody what she was walking through. Now, there may be times when he leads you to share some of your personal struggles and journey with other people. It's not wrong to share things with others or to glean insight or support from your fellow believers. But let Christ first prove himself in your life as the all-sufficient one. Learn how to make him your first turn, your true comforter, before you rush to process your feelings or share your struggles with other people. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was such a beautiful example of abiding in that secret place with the Father. From the moment the angel came to her, there was no one else in her life who could really relate to what she was going through. And when she was found to be with child, most people in her life assumed that it was a result of her sinful choice rather than a miracle of God. But she didn't rush to defend herself or try to explain her situation to others. She remained yielded and obedient to God's will, even when her circumstances became difficult. And later, when she had seen and experienced so many incredible things, she still chose to keep them quiet rather than publish them to the world. It says that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart in Luke 2.19. And I've often wondered if one of the reasons that Mary was chosen to be the mother of Jesus was because of this rare quality of discretion and guardedness in her life. She really knew how to keep sacred things sacred. And I believe we can learn so much from her example of secret keeping. Charles Spurgeon exhorted his congregation once to come away from the distractions and noise of the world and dwell in the secret place of intimacy with Christ. And he said, come away to private communion. Come away, shut the doors of your chamber and talk with your Lord Jesus and have close and intimate dealing with him. Now, dwelling in this secret place of intimacy with our king may not seem very glamorous to this world. In fact, nobody else may know anything about it. And yet, truly, it is the most beautiful, fulfilling, and precious place we could ever hope to be. Let us never take it for granted. And if you're wondering how to really meet Christ in that secret place, I would encourage you to start by drawing near to God. As it says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Take that step to meet with him privately and to pour out your heart to him, to share your cares and your struggles and your tears and your hopes and your dreams with him. And one of the things that really helps me is to journal those things, to write those things out, not as if I'm just writing to a diary or just writing to myself, but that I'm really writing to him as if I'm writing letters to him and to realize that he is right there with me. He's listening to every word that I'm speaking, every word that I'm writing. He cares about every single one of them. And the Bible says that we are to cast our care upon him because he cares for us. So before you rush out to find a girlfriend to process your emotions with or share your struggles on Facebook, try meeting him in that secret place and pour out your heart to him and let him comfort you the way no other human can ever comfort you. And you will discover the beauty of meeting him in secret. 
I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like more about how to draw near to Christ, how to make him the center of your life, please visit us at setapartgirl.com for our many resources that we have on building a Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.